Doug and Marty versus the World is sponsored and paid for by Marty McClendon, Doug Bassler, and EasyTVSpots.com. Round one, go. Ah, howdy, howdy, howdy. It is another Doug and Marty versus the world. This is Doug Bassler. And this is Marty McClendon. And I'm grateful to be here with you, brother. Grateful that we're alive. We have breath to breathe and we're still in the fight. Don't you think? Yeah, you know, it's, um, you got to love it. You know, if you, because what what other choice do you have? (laughs) I mean, if you don't love the fight, then, you know, I guess you could just go die or something, or I guess you could whine, become depressed. Being depressed is not a good option, though. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And I, I don't know necessarily that that means that we're supposed to be all joyful, but we want to make him happy. If, if we could get, if we could make God joyful, Marty, do you think that would strengthen us? I, yes, it would. Yes, it would. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting. We won't get too preachy. We, we always do because that's, uh, we won't get too preachy. Right? Now that would be a new, that, that would be, be a new one. Fresh one. All on the me, brother. <laughs> but the word of God does say to count it all joy. And that's always a hard thing for a Christian it says when you go through trials and tribulations, when things don't look good, you know, when we're persecuted and there are is persecution going on all around the world, all throughout time, but we're seeing an increase in persecution here in the U.S. And God's word reminds us to count it all joy. And uh, so we start off by rejoicing that the fact that we have breath to breathe, that we're in the fight. And the alternative, of course, is not, we're not going to be given up. Um, but what we have to fight for is so valuable. My brother, you have a, um, today you have a wedding to go to, one of your daughters. Yeah. What an incredible blessing, you know? So in the midst of all this other stuff we're going to be talking about, we want to celebrate the fact that your daughter's getting married. You know, how good is that? That is, that is good, right? All the time. Well, it's about time, brother. <laughs> now I'm just, I'm excited. You know, I had, uh, earlier this year, we had our, our, uh, Oldest daughter, uh, has been married for about a decade, uh, gave us our third grandchild. And, uh, you know, it's just weird. I, I'm, it was a, a nice little girl. And so they have two boys and now we have a nice little girl and she likes me, brother. She smiles for me and you know, all that stuff. So it's, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Grandkids are, you know, it's, it's weird getting old, older. But uh, it's cool having this, you know, this stuff going on. I'm very excited. I do approve of my daughter's selection for a husband. Uh, Jed is a, uh, he is a, uh, he likes to ride motorcycles. That's a plus, as I do as well. He likes to hunt, fish, et cetera, snowboard. So my my, uh, son, Brett, likes that a lot. They go that. And the other thing that's kind of weird is that there he, you know, he's from the Midwest. He's from actually from Michigan and mm-hmm. he, he likes hockey or as we would say here in the Northwest hockey and uh, they got Kraken season tickets. So I'm assuming I'm going to be drugged to some Kraken games over this. Nice. Uh, and for those on the east side, that is our, our brand new NHL team in Seattle called the Kraken. So they're, they're doing pretty good so far. Uh, I'm not a huge hockey fan, but uh, I know our hockey or hockey. Um, but I have some friends I grew up with that were super good at hockey. It, it's it's hard to it's hard to watch. I went to a Kings game in LA, which is an NHL 
championship mm-hmm. team, right? And they, <laughs> I couldn't follow the puck, brother. I'm yeah. sorry. It's a little black thing. I think can't they paint that thing like pink or something or orange or. <laughs> Although, I mean, I will say this won't get too off far off on this topic, but that little hard puck flies super fast. Can you imagine getting hit with that thing? That thing would uh, leave a welt. And so, uh, mad respect for those that can skate that fast and, and start and stop and do the whole hip checks. The old, the old uh, saying that you went to a fight and the hockey game broke out, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of one of those things that the, the, the fighting and the temper flaring, it's kind of part of the whole experience. Uh, it's kind of like politics, brother. Missing you know, teeth. <laughs> you got, imagine, a hockey, got a hockey smile, brother. Can you imagine if these uh, forums ended up that way? You know, you go to a forum and all of a sudden this fight breaks out and you break up and you do your verbal jar, jar up jabbing. <laughs> Yeah, score points by, you know, physical and verbal um, wins. Uh, although we're seeing that in some ways from a political, tyrann- tyrannical government, so to speak. But, hey, did you see this week uh, a couple things that we didn't talk about last week? Um, this week they popped up that I want to get to before we get to sort of the sort of this stuff that's really kind of heavy this week. But um, first, um, William Shatner got to go to space, brother. I mean, I just, I think that's the coolest thing ever that uh, I think is smart on Bezos part, part of Blue Origin. Um, you know, they're doing these, these launch into space and it's barely in space, but basically have to pass a certain number of height where they don't even orbit. They just, just go up and come back down. But they took a 90 year old William Shatner, James T. Kirk actor uh, into space. And I think it's pretty cool. And for him and for, you know, the whole marketing aspect of it, you're a marketer. And if you're going to be doing a space travel for citizens, bringing someone who played the role uh, that we all know him well, well and dear for, for Captain James G. Kirk in the space, I think it was going to pay him dividends. Second star to the left and straight on till morning, <laughs> which right. actually is a quote from Peter Pan. It was. But, yeah. uh, but it's it's very interesting that, uh, yeah, his his perspective and the, the fact that he's willing to do that. You know, I've seen videos of, of uh, Shatner driving stock cars really fast and screaming. And I mean, that 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 a guy at 90 is willing to get in a rocket traveling 26,000 miles an hour to break the Earth's gravitational right. pull. He's right. like, it really went fast. Uh, duh. <laughs> And uh, no, it's, it's, it's exciting to, you know, like we were talking about earlier, it's weird getting older and stuff like that. And why not, you know, why don't we just, um, why don't we just keep adventuring? You know, mm-hmm. I, I was hunting last week, as I mm-hmm. uh, mentioned, and uh, uh, no brother, I didn't bring home any meat, but um, I did manage to screw up my rifle really bad. So that's interesting. I've been doing some uh, research on the, uh, the rifle that I have and people are saying it's a throwaway. So I'm trying to figure out how do you get rid of a rifle that you broke? Um, I know I'll give it to you brother and let you there we go. Play with it. <laughs> give it to your grandkids. Uh, just kidding. Um, but anyway, while we were hunting, um, the guys that we go out with, we go out with the same every year and they tell the same stories. You know, they tell about Vietnam and they tell about this and that, and the, the, the stories are the same. And every year I have new stories. Because I go on adventure rides with my son and we cross rivers and climb mountains and get stuck and have breakdowns. And we tell stories about how we overcome things like that. And my son's like, I'm so tired of hearing the old stories. I go, yeah, but isn't it great that we have new ones to tell? And even my 86-year-old father, his grandfather, 
has new stories to tell. Now we still tell the old ones, some of the old ones, but right. we should right. continue as we are moving forward in our this stream of this flow of life that we're in to have new experiences and to have new adventures and to stretch ourselves. And maybe you can't do what you did when you're 18, but you know, you can do what you can do now. And you right. can do, you can serve God now and you can serve your state and your country, your family. You can, you know, you can enjoy things and do things. The thing that really ticked me off about William Shatner going into space is that they let him go for free. And if I want to go, it's going to cost me 250,000. So brother, if you've got yeah. an extra 250,000, you can loan me. I would like to follow William Shatner into orbit. Wouldn't that be awesome? Orbit. And that, and that, that rocket, by the way, a friend of mine, uh, here in Kent, Washington, uh, works for Blue Origin, and he, that's his engine brother. Really? Wow. Yes. And that's so very, he's a little, cool. he's uh, buttons are popping off his vest, brother. Uh, he's so proud. That's awesome. Yes. So I have a question for you. You mentioned this about a year ago. We were on the radio. Many of our listeners may not remember this, but you were doing a thing where the Bible talks about counting your days, right? Uh, numbering your days and this idea, and it's not a countdown, right? It's like the, you know, the best case scenario God's given us, he knows the numbers of our hair uh, on our head. He knows how many days we have to, to fulfill that. It's like, okay, we have this much time, this much opportunity. And each, for each one of us, it's different to make each day the day, right? To make the best of it. Uh, the old seize the day thing really comes down to, you know, it's, it's not about how much life do I have left. It's like, what do I do? Or how much life do I put in each day? And so when we started the show off about rejoicing in the day, uh, being celebratory, uh, I've been in a lot of reflection lately, not about the past stories. There's a lot of great things where God showed up in my life in an amazing way, but God will show up today in that same amazing way. We have to expect that our latter days are greater than our former days, when no matter what age we're at. So encouraging people that are listening here that, you know, um, here we are. Let's make it the best of it, today. It, it, that's really good that you said that because I it reminds me of something I heard uh, just the other day. I was listening to somebody somebody talking and they were saying that you know this woulda coulda shoulda right and mm -hmm. and and what she said what this lady said was if you're still alive and breathing and walking around on planet Earth you can still do things mm -hmm. and so we don't want to live in the woulda coulda shoulda you know it's like. When we were young, they were like, oh, you know, you're young and you can't do things because you're young and you're inexperienced. And then you reach this like thing at about 40 ish where, oh, now you're old and you can't now you're too old to do the cool stuff. So it's like there's always an, an a reason and I'm using air quotes here, mm -hmm. an excuse, you know, and, um, you know, the people that have excuses are never going to be able to accomplish anything in their life. If you have an ex if, if the so that's the thing that we talked about years ago on the old show, I think, and this idea that, you know, if you have uh, an excuse in America, an excuse is as good in many people's opinion as the result. So for example, I'm late to a meeting and I say, well, traffic, because that's what we call a head nodder, right? We, we all go, oh yeah, traffic in Seattle's bad. So that, so you can be five, 10 minutes late and everybody goes, okay, you know, you're legit. So in other words, my excuse of traffic was just as good as me being on time. Okay. Try that on the radio. I don't think so. Right. No, you got to so. be on time. Right. Cause that, you know, the show starts at 10, <laughs> you better be ready to go, baby. It, and so you wonder too, for your point there, isn't right now 
um, being a victim just as good as not being right now. If you are in a certain category or group, you get like, okay, I get an excuse for not being able to um, assert myself or for the results aren't in my hands anymore. They're in somebody else's hands. It's somebody else's responsibility to make sure that I have the things that I need. Um, to your point, right? This equivalency, which is not. Yeah. So um, lose your excuses. Uh, determined to do something. Now, the other side of this thing is, is, you know, do we just flail, right? We don't want to flail, but we want to do things on purpose. We want to do things that God called us to do and then to recognize our differences. The fact that, you know, Marty does, you know, Marty does things I don't do. Okay. Mm -hmm. I do things that Marty doesn't do. And we try to crisscross and we have a lot of common grounds, things that we do together, like the, the radio show, we ride motorcycles together occasionally, things like that. Our kids are very similar in ages and, you know, things like that. But there's certain things Marty's wired for him. He's geared for it. And even if I could do it, I probably don't want it. Right. Because it's not what I'm wired for. It's not my, it's not my call. I'm doing things. Marty, you know, occasionally Marty will maybe join me doing certain things, but I'm wired for certain things that he's not, and he's not comfortable with that. And I'm not saying that we got to be all comfortable, right? Because sometimes God definitely will call us out of our comfort zone and make us do things that we're uncomfortable with so that he can show us, hey, you actually are wired for that. You know, case in point, when I he told me to run for Congress, I was like, no way. And then when I did it, I went, oh, wait a minute. I'm actually good at this. I'm wired for this. If I hadn't got out of my comfort zone and filed and paid the money and got in the got in the race and started to do the campaign, I never would have known that, mm-hmm. you know, I, Mark, you came at it a different way. I mean, you had similar, you know, experiences, but I think you felt, yeah, I could do that before mm-hmm. before it happened. So you you were com- you were more comfortable running the first time, I think, than I was. And so that's just a, that's recognizing that we are a body. See, that's what the Bible talks about. We're a body. We got an eye. We got an ear. We got a nose. We got a foot. We got a spleen, you know, some of us. Yeah. And we've got a right arm and we've got a left arm and we've got, you know, a knee. And we've got, so all those parts are necessary. And if you don't have some of those parts in the body, you're considered handicapped. Now it's cool because you get special parking because you got an excuse and you get a blue thing to put in your mirror, but, or special license plate. But the, the excuse then is as good as the result, right? But we need every part doing its part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what you know, whatever it is that God's laid on your heart, and I'm talking, you know, to myself, but I'm talking to you that are listening to this program. That thing God's called you to do, get up and do it. You can do it. It isn't impossible. And you're going to find out that you're wired for it. And even when you're, when adverse, you know, when you get a word from God, brother, mm-hmm. and I know you're good at this. You can go through adversity. You can go through trouble because you got a word from God. And you know what? Jesus said, and I quote, my sheep know my voice. So if you're not hearing the voice of God, you need to get yourself to be one of his sheep. Mm -hmm. We have to have a relationship with God where we hear from him where, you know, are you praying? Are you reading your Bible? Are you spending time with God? Because if you'll just pray and read your Bible, brother, your life will change because you're starting. That's a relationship that, you know, discipleship is not that hard to figure out. The reason it's called discipleship or discipline is because it takes discipline. So that Mm -hmm. means instead of getting up and doing the other things I did, I get up 
get my coffee, read my Bible and pray because I've disciplined myself to do that. And now it doesn't seem hard. It Now it seems like a joy and a treasure and a pleasure to be able to go meet with God every day. He is the most fascinating person ever, right? Ever. He is right. wonderful. So right. we can meet with him. And even when he tells us you've messed up, you're doing it wrong, your rebukes, it's mm-hmm. still wonderful because it doesn't allow us to go on doing dumb things. Because he knows he loves us enough to correct us. The Bible is very clear. He corrects those he loves, right? Like children. We correct our children so they don't harm themselves. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned before, I, I did a sermon one time, brother, about the body parts working together. You know, and it's, it's we are the body of Christ. We are together. We all are unique. And like you said, you and I are wired differently for certain things, but we have commonality and we work well together. It's... I, my sermon when I did it though was like that not everybody can be the stomach, right? Not everybody can grumble and have full of acid and do whatever. We need one stomach and we need you know one arm, one whatever for the body to do something, whether it be a task force or a strike force or whatever. Basically stay in your lane. Be who God's called you to be in your area because that's what's needed. You know, you're there for a reason with your gifts and your talents to do what God's called you to do. And some of that stretches you, like Doug said. But it really is you don't have to be somebody you're not. You know, I don't have to be Doug to be successful. I have to be Marty, who God's made me to be, and can go where God guides me. Because I, when I do my part, I help those around me do their parts. You know, and it's, it, I think we all get in trouble when we try to be somebody else. You know, because it's not your calling; it's their calling. And if they if they can do their job and you do your job, we're all uh, we're all on the wall, like Nehemiah says, right? Each man has a place on the wall to defend his family, but also to protect the whole entire city and the entire nation. Um, so we have to do our job about getting on the wall and doing our role. So I just love that idea of, of being a member of the body, but a unique member that no one else can take my place and I can't take anybody else's place because this, I have my assignment. And that's where it comes to spending time with God, right? There, there are certain jobs that if you don't do it, it ain't getting done. Right. Right. And that's a problem. That's a problem for the church. That's a problem for the nation. That's a problem for your family. And so we want to, uh, you know, we need to do our job. Now, I just uh, was, as you were talking, it reminded me of, you know, the scripture that says that God chooses the weak things and the foolish things. And so we may think, you know, this, this, this idea that it has to be in line with natural gifts and talents. Now, I have natural gift and talent in the area of music, right? I can play the guitar, I can sing and do all these, you know, I have technical abilities. And, and so I use that for street church and stuff like that. The, the issue is that um, getting up and loading the equipment and doing the, you know, there's other things. There's a whole lot of other stuff that goes on. And I've noticed that people like to come to street church when I give them the microphone. But where are they when I'm loading the gear? Where are they when I'm putting gas in the car, right? To go down to put gas in the pickup to go there. Where are they when it's time to tear it down and, and load it back up and do the heavy lifting and stuff like that. Nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. And um, and so the Lord is not just looking for stars. And uh, and then I never cared about that. I mean, I did earlier in my life, you know, my younger days, wanted to be a star and all that kind of stuff. But um, now it's more about how many people can we reach? How many people can can give their heart to Jesus? And what can we? How can we? You know, mobilize the troops and mobilize the the uh, 
you know, the church and the people that are feeling alone and I you know, it's different. You know, you just have this different motivation, still playing the guitar, still doing the, you know, the, the tracks and doing whatever I got to do. Um, but the, the, the weakness that I have is actually the stuff that the Lord's more pleased with than the stuff I can just like do. Right. 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 Like I said, there's your natural abilities that God will use, but there's a part of faith where we step out and said, no, in my weakness, he is strong. Right. In, in our faith, you know, where he is allowed to work through and do some amazing things. I love that. It's not a scripture, but you see him all the time. It says that God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called, you know, and in many cases, he'll use the most unlikely people so that he gets the glory. Right. And um, I've said it a million times. You know, if, if the will of God doesn't scare you, it's probably not the will of God. hundred percent. You know, it always requires us to, to overcome our own natural reticence and our own fear. And, you know, Jesus said, pick up your cross. That thing will kill you. <laughs> and follow me. I'm just saying it will kill you, brother. And so, two of the most, what is it? Uh, Rick Joyner used to say the two most powerful beings in the universe are trying to kill you. God and Satan. Satan will make it, make your death pleasurable and fun, but you're going to die and go to hell. God stretches it out and makes you suffer. And, but he's still trying to get you to die so that he right. can live in you. Right. So you can um, raise again, be born again in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That, that's good. That's really good, brother. So did you uh, notice that we had a cyclone over here in the Puget Sound, brother, a cyclone? Did you see that? I did not see the cyclone. Oh my I, I know. gosh, brother. It it's this twirling, you know, a cyclone is what they called a Pacific hurricane, by the way. I don't know if you know. Okay. That. I did not. So we've had wind and rain and um I knew it was coming, brother. And there's a scripture about that, you know, the 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 righteous seas uh, trouble mm-hmm. coming and taste. So I covered my camper <laughs> with a tarp and all this stuff like I, well, I don't know what else I could do, but you know, I'm just trying to prepare. Right. But an actual cyclone, is that a sign? You know, I don't oh, know. And did you know the Pacific cyclone turns a different direction than the Atlantic hurricane? That would make sense. That's weird, but I did not know it that. It is weird. They always turn a certain way. Like if you ever see the, the hurricanes that hit like down the Gulf uh-huh. of Mexico, whatever, they're always turning to the right, I think. Okay. The, the ones in the Pacific always turn to the left, brother. Isn't it's like the uh, drain in Australia versus the drain. And here. they say there's no God. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> this is interesting. I'm, I want to go there about that too, because there's a lot more stuff coming out um, that, that where science, actual science is pointing towards a creator. And we know this, we've talked about this before, um, but there was a special the other day I saw, and it was, it was really cool. It says all of science came from a biblical foundation. The science in itself, asking the questions, seeking for the, for the truth, you know, testing the hypothesis, all comes from scripture, all comes from God's will. All the, the foundations of higher learning were founded upon to learn God's word and teach it, propagate it through whether it be Harvard or Yale, all those, all those were Christian universities to learn the Bible, to learn it the was a, It, it was you know? because they said, because there's a creator, there must be order, let's figure out what that yes. order is. Exactly right. And so it's funny, it's not foreign or it's not separate to have Christianity or, or science and faith. In fact, it is because of faith that we have science. And, and so we are very science based because we're there to explore. I just love it. But brother, you know how we talked about um, David and Goliath? I think it was two weeks ago. 
talking about the fact that, you know, it's a time such as this, that we're coming prepared, we're taking down giants, we're called to, and I did a thing as well, talking to a group of people about the fact that David, his entire life, had been prepared for those times. Even after that, he was prepared to be king and to be a man after God's own heart. But as he attended the sheep, you know, he fought the lion. As he tended the sheep, he fought the wolf and won. He was able to trust God, and he learned how to use the sling and the the bow and that kind of stuff. So when he came to, to the, the battlefront, he was just, okay, well, this is a front to God. God will defend. You know, I'll use the tools that I've already been prepared. He wasn't pre-thinking. He was just prepared for this. So when I saw this story the other day, uh, I wanted to bring it up on the show. It reminded me of that. Here's this guy. Now, this is down in Arizona. Um, he's in a, in a convenience store. And this guy's a former Marine, right? Oh, there's no former Marines. He's a veteran. And these three guys Once come in. Once a Marine, with, yeah. always, always a Marine, meet, right? brother. <laughs> these guys come in with a gun, pointing a gun at the uh, cashier person. And, and most people will go, okay, fine. And this Marine goes, just grabs the gun, knocks the guy out, and, and holds two of them for rest. One gets away. But here's a guy who had been trained, didn't think about it, saw, saw the situation developing, and put a stop to it. And it's just, there's heroes like that all across our nation. But you and I, I don't know how we'd react, but the point is this guy had been trained to deal with a situation that was hostile like that and put a stop to it. You know, and he did it with his hands, obviously, but I think um, a shout out to this veteran, you know, this disarmed this robber, but there needs to be more of that too, right? Here he's in a situation that God knew ahead of time that he'd be in, but all his skill set and all his past history played into the fact that now someone didn't get shot and someone didn't get hurt because he was there at the right time, the right place. I just think that's awesome that we're all going to be put in situations like that when we allow God to use us um, to be in the right time, in the right place, in the right time, and do the right things. Don't you know? don't waste your trials. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of people thought that David was out there because he was maybe not legitimate. That, you know, he was, because he he they didn't even call him when Samuel came. They didn't even, uh-huh. uh, they didn't invite him to come. And, uh, and that's kind of weird. So, you know, a lot of Bible scholars think David was maybe a stepchild or maybe an illegitimate uh, person. And yet God made him legitimate, you know? So again, mm-hmm. this idea that, you know, don't let the things that are in our past disqualify us from doing what God's called us to do. You know, we could be, we can be Joe, you know, Joseph was despised by his brothers. You know, he was the uh, second youngest. And, uh, but his dad really liked him and gave him, you know, better clothes and a better position and all that kind of stuff. And it, you know, caused jealousy and stuff like that. You know, the favor of God and the favor of the father may bring issues with your church, brother. They may bring issues with other people, but you've got to be able to say, I don't care about that. I'm going to do what God told me to do. Uh, I read it again this morning in John, I believe it was chapter 12 maybe 13, but it said that many believed on Jesus, but they did not publicly confess it because they were afraid of the Pharisees for they love the praise of man more than the praise that comes from God. And so, you know, a lot of this mass stuff, a lot of this Mm -hmm. vaccine stuff is I just want to go along to get along. I don't want to make waves and all these kind of things. And it's what the devil uses to trap us into an insignificant life. Mm. And who wants to be there, brother? Not me. 
Right. Now me either. So on that note, I want to shout out there's, you know, we are in this state and where they have the state mandate for state employees to get vaccinated or be fired. That was last week. Um, and then we lost course, a lot of state patrolmen, didn't we? We did. We lost 223 state patrolmen. Um, I got the numbers right here though, but 1887 state workers have uh, lost their job because they weren't vaccinated and another 2,888 have got accommodations that are temporary. They're 60 days long and we renewed. My wife's one of those. So for a total of 4,775 state workers, including uh, state patrol that are in jeopardy of having lost their job or will lose their job for standing on their conviction. And so I want to uh, shout out, there's many of them. And, and I want to tell you this, a friend of mine, let me know today, and of course, uh, works for the Department of Defense. I'll just say this. Um, and he's been very outspoken about that this is unconstitutional, that people should have a choice, that you shouldn't be forced in these mandates. And you and I have been advocating as well. Um, he's leaving his job, but he got a letter from, from his the Department of Defense saying, we're taking away your security clearance because your outspoken um language on on social media against the vaccine mandate uh we see that as threatening and you can't be trusted with sensitive information anymore that right there is once again weaponizing our federal and state government to coerce and to hurt people we saw this in the obama administration doug you talk about this all the time when they turned the irs against conservative tea party like groups that had a conservative opinion to silence you and so they're using the same thing right here. We're going to remove your clearance. We've seen your social media posts. You can't have a contrary opinion to the narrative going on. So first I want to shout out and say, hold the line. Those that are, are in conviction, you know, God will provide. That's, that's saying there are, this is a battle, right? What will you do today uh, to defend the liberties and freedoms we have? We've got a very tyrannical government. Uh, from the state level and the national level. And of course, our, this governor in this state doesn't seem to know any bounds or, you know, or any limits to pushing. And I believe this is a purge, brother. When you look at the number of people being purged, being let go, being told to be fired at the state government level, many of them either are Christians that have a religious exemption or they're people of, of color that have a high distrust of a government forcing a vaccine or any medication on their body. And they have a, a full meaning. So it's racist, it's segregation, but it's, it's a purge from the, from the state government, I believe, intentionally by this governor. Um, and, and this is, this is scary. And so I want to segue. But remember, yeah. remember last week, uh, you and I heard privately off the air, uh, about a person who applied for the the vax or the mm, pandemic strike force here yes. in Washington State, and the first question they asked that person was, "Are you willing to hold someone down so that they can be vaccinated against their will?" And second was, "Are you willing to separate parents from children?" Yeah. So this is happening here in Washington. This is not in Afghanistan. This right. is not in in Iraq. This is in Washington State in the United States of America. Uh, it goes right along with what you're saying. And so that's the next logical, you know, the next logical step is to create the police state. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah. Um, so carry on, brother. Okay. Carry on. So in, in line with this, it's a related story 
And this is not to scare people. It's to make you aware of how big and how infested this is and how important this fight is. It's not about a vaccine. It's not about a one-time thing. It's not about necessarily personal choice. It's about liberty. It's a communism versus freedom. It is good versus evil. This, this is bigger. And so we saw last week um, that the National Association of School Boards sent a letter to the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, at, at, this, at the federal level. Two days later, he sent a notice to the FBI and says, yes, we need to do this. We want the Department of Justice and the FBI to investigate parents and maybe identify or label them as domestic terrorists. And so all across our nation, we've been talking about how parents are going to school board meetings saying, we didn't know about this critical race theory. You don't need or don't have a right to teach this stuff to our kids, the comprehensive sex, the critical race, really this whole, whole thing is where parents are aware and, of and the what's going thing. on in school. And the mask. Kids and mask, yeah. All this stuff, right? So parents have a right to, to know, A, what are you teaching their kids? And B, hey, you can't do that. That is wrong to teach my kid how to hate. So there's been a few examples where the parents may have gotten- Or to bit, label my kid. Or exactly right, or to, to kick them out of school for whatever it may be. The news came out this week on that, brother, that the reason they responded so fast was the National Association of School Boards reached out to the Biden administration. They said, we can't do it from our level, but the attorney general can. So here, write them a letter and use this language so that they can respond to it. And then they, the National Association of School Board wrote the letter the Biden administration called the attorney general's office and said, hey, this is serious. We want you to, to act on this. So when the letter came out, it was all pre-planned that two days later, they activated this. So come yes, come Thursday this week, during a testimony in the Congress, they asked Merrick Garland about that. And he was uh, obfuscating, changing the subject, saying it's no, not true. No, we don't really think parents are terrorists. And yet they've activated the Department of Justice the FBI, which should be investigating much other things, to threaten, to intimidate. Kidnapping, rape, murder, drugs. Right. Um, parents from speaking their opinion, from having an opposing view. So, brother, one more connecting straw that you need to know about and our listeners need to as well. And then I want you to comment on it. You know, this should not surprise anybody when there's a financial interest involved, right? So you have the White House coordinating with the secretary, I mean, the attorney general, or coordinating with the school board members because they don't want to be challenged on the critical race theory. Well, lo and behold, the son-in-law of Merrick Garland runs a textbook company that pushes critical race theory. There's a financial gain being made by his daughter's husband uh, that is pushing this critical race theory that he is now going after parents that would speak up against it. And so there's always a financial interest somewhere. And they said he should be investigated and, you know, when the Democrats are in control, that probably won't happen. But we, the citizens, we conservatives need to be aware that this is not about uh, terrorism or whatever. This is about shutting you down. So the our response needs to be show up more, speak out more, push the thing, you know, be aware that they are not dealing honestly with us, brother. What do you think? Yeah, well, uh, nothing like saying it gets dark at night. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, we are in a we are in a situation that is um, everything is being revealed. And so I've heard a lot of 
<clears throat> excuse me, I've heard a lot of voices saying that this is this is God doing this. He's revealing it so that we can see it. Now that the thing about um, seeing a problem is you still got to do the surgery, right? You still got to do. We still need to get the cancer out, mm-hmm. and you know we have um, we have lots of issues. Uh, one of our big issues, of course, is election integrity. And I'd like to get somebody from WeCU to come on and talk about that because we have a huge problem in Washington State with chain of custody of our ballots. Um, our friend Glenn Morgan is involved in a canvassing uh, situation where they have huge voter lists and they've got volunteers going throughout the state. And they're finding thousands, brother, maybe tens and hundreds of thousands of ballots that are being voted. Addresses are not there. People have moved away. They're illegal. And because of the chain of custody thing. And then you had this uh, uh, admission in uh, by a, a DOL uh, employee that they were required to register everyone to vote regardless of immigration status, which is illegal. Mm -hmm. And so we've got, um, you know, we've got a, a, a problem at every level. If, we don't have, you know, what they say is the reason, the reason we don't have the bullet is because we have the ballot, right? The ballot mm-hmm. keeps us from having to use the bullet to change government and to, to, to enforce it. If they've stolen our ballots, if they've got con- complete control of a media, you know, thank God for social media, thank God for, you know, independent uh, media like ACN network, et cetera. Um, but if, if you have total control over, you know, the messaging, and then you're 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 using you know Nazi tactics to mm-hmm. silence the opposition within the government. You're starting to you know what they needed to do is they needed to isolate all the state patrol that weren't willing to hold people down to get them vaccinated, to weren't willing to because of their religious convictions. They did that in Seattle as well in other cities, and so they're using this as a way to purge out people of conscience. That's right. And so the people of conscience, uh, we need to. F- recognize that we are under, under siege, we're under attack. And so when we say things like be a PCO, run for office, uh, be a, be a, an election observer, there's a huge a push now to be an election observer. Let's start, you know, supporting, uh, you know, we've got to start spending our dollars on this stuff. We've got to start spending our time and, you know, I'm tired. Well, well take a nap and then get up and fight. You know, uh, I, you know, I hear these stories, uh, you know, I shared that story last week about uh, Rick Grinnell's uh, grandfather, but, you know, I, I heard another story about um, the Battle of the Bulge. So the Nazis had a ra- had rallied and they they counterattacked against the the Allied offensive that was pushing toward Germany after D-Day and stuff, so on. So it was around Christmas time. And these guys would fight all day. Then they would they would use their hand grenade, blow a hole through the ice, dig a foxhole, and they would run in place all night, Marty, so they wouldn't freeze to death. And then they'd fight all day again and they would go for days without sleeping or a 10 minute nap or five minute nap here or there, whatever they could do. These people did that to stop Hitler from taking over the world. Believe me, he, the guy, the dude was not going to stop. Right. 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 And so, and these people are not going to stop either. They have evil will not stop on its own. It will not run its course. It will not stop. It must be stopped. Now I don't have all the answers. I don't know how we. I don't know how that looks. That's why I say pray and read your Bible, right? Because we need to hear from God. But we, you know, I love that that thing uh, that was on Facebook a couple weeks ago, where you know praying is great, but eventually David had to pick up a slingshot and kill the giant. Right. Okay? So where's our slingshot? 
which giant are we to take out and you know how are we to do this thing so i'm very um i'm very excited that you and i have a platform that we can talk about this but remembering what we started the program with each of us has a part in the body not everybody is a mouth you know thank goodness you just got me and marty for that or some others <laughs> not everybody is an ear but we right. need people that can hear and not everybody's got you know that in that that inside information the prophetic and stuff like that so you know we have the you know the fivefold ministry in the bible right apostles and prophets evangelists pastors teachers we need that we have the nine gifts of the spirit in in our first corinthians chapter 12 you know word of wisdom and word of knowledge and prophetic gift and discerning of spirits and tongues and interpretation of tongues and you know all this communication stuff and, and then where it's working in miracles gifts of healing and um the uh what the, the the big one the gift of faith you know the mm -hmm. gift of faith that comes on people that makes them just go do stuff and that's where you see these medal of honor guys right and so mm -hmm. we are we are not you know like mario marillo has been saying we are now wartime pastors we are now wartime parishioners we are now wartime christians we didn't start this war but i love the great patriot ted nugent <laughs> I, I listened to a lot of ted nugent love when ted. i was younger yep and he said, uh, you Pearl Harbor me, I Nagasaki you. You Pearl Harbor me, I Nagasaki you. And, uh, you know, people like, oh, well, we shouldn't have dropped the, nu the nuclear bomb. Yes, we should have. Okay. Um, we needed to stop that war. That thing needed to be ended. Those people were, you know, that government that was in charge of Japan, and we love the Japanese people and all that, they were evil. They had to be stopped. And it was going to cost us maybe a million of our Marines and whatever to try to invade that nation. They were, they were completely brainwashed and fanaticized and all this stuff. And so we're kind of, you know, as I'm why, you know, driving my car, I see teenage girls walking down the street outside in a sunny day with a mask on as yep. if that's going to do anything other than just show my, submission, my obedience and all that. I want to change the subject real quick. Jamie Herrera Butler is yep. back in the news, brother. <laughs> oh no. Okay. okay. She, uh, Jamie Herrera Butler is the Congresswoman over in the third congressional district. Okay. Down. Yep. Yeah. Vancouver, Washington area, kind of Southwest Washington. It, it gets up into even up into Shahala. So it's not too far from us. Okay. Uh, Jamie voted to censor uh, Steve Bannon uh, or no to uh, hold him in contempt. She, she broke and voted with the Dems again. She's being challenged by a guy named Joe Kent. Have you heard of Joe Kent? He's a, a former Navy SEAL and. Yep, I have. He's got a lot of TV exposure. Good for him. He's getting a lot of national attention. Uh, he's got, and he a great got the story. Trump endorsement, brother. And he got the Trump endorsement. Yeah. And which so, is what, which is what I need, brother. So if you, if you know, Donald, give him a call. Well, I thought you would. <laughs> yeah. I love the guy. Uh, we're facing, uh, you know, this stuff's got to come out. Uh, we also got Dan Newhouse over in, um, that's the fourth. fourth. Yep. And yep. he's chase, uh, facing a challenge uh, from, I believe, Lauren Culp, Jared Sessler, and Brad Clippert. Yep. Brad Clippert. And I knew yep. that. I just, for a lot, just right off the tip of my tongue, we had him on the show here just a little while ago. Yep. And uh, Dan Newhouse, of course, voted to um, impeach the president. Yep. Uh, which was not a Republican, you know, position. Now Absolutely. the, um, that, the Dan Newhouse did not vote on this one to, uh, set to hold Steve Bannon in contempt of Congress. But, um, you know, why didn't they do that with, um, 
who's that guy that used to be the head of the CIA? He lied to Congress. Oh yeah, right. Um, um, Brennan. That yeah. Him yeah. Why? Why not him? Why? You know? Why not uh, the the former head of the FBI? You know these guys. So it's like. Yep. yep. It's like you know this Merrick Garland's, you know, son, son-in-law, whatever, that has all this in- interest in this. And you know why isn't he recusing himself? Remember when um, uh, Trump's attorney general recused himself and all? You know whatever. I yeah. Mean, but they well, never do. And we they, love they, Rudy, and we loved um, Jeff Sessions, I should say. Um, but he was disappointing because there's the times when we play by our own rules. Like you said, the rules for radicals is to hold the other people to their own values, right? We keep on thinking that the left or those that hate America, and I'll say this, that will play by our rules, right? Just like Samal Selim, Kamal Selim on our show years ago said that we keep on putting our Christian values on the enemy that don't, doesn't believe what we believe. They're here to overrun the system. They're here to, you know, um, have no go zones. We have to understand that the enemy, the devil doesn't have Christian values, right? And those that work on the behalf to destroy what we believe in, don't share our values and don't play in the same way. My dad always said, if you go to a street fight, you can't have the boxing rules. You grew up boxing, right? Yeah, well, they're not gonna play fair. They're going to cheat. We have to be aware of that, that when they're going to cheat, whether it be election fraud or whether it be um, not holding themselves accountable, we have to hold them accountable. You know, it's just like the, that we've talked many times about the Constitution. And James Madison and, and said that John Adams said that the Constitution is wholly inadequate for an immoral people, right? We've got to have a, that Christ-centered moral people to hold each other accountable. We don't have that right now. We've got a, a war between good versus evil, God versus communism. Communism really is anti-God. And so the more we can shout that from the rooftop and saying, this is not, this is a war against your family values, against your freedoms, against the very foundations of this nation, and to be aware of it. And it is a battle of enemies domestic, those that are local, those that are trying to fundamentally reset or change this nation. And so we're engaged in the fight, not only telling people, hey, what? look at this. This is connected. They should be held accountable. Now, why is it different for them and different for us? There should not be, but there is two sets of justices, right? Two sets of systems, the elites and the non-elites. That is historically correct when you come to countries like Nazi Germany, uh, Russia, when Lenin, when millions and millions of people died because the those in power can do whatever they want, have tons of money, have poverty. Everybody else is in poverty. When they talk about some are just more equal than others in, in Animal Farm, in George Orwell, this is what we're talking about. We're seeing it play out even here where the rules apply to you and me. Wear a mask. Don't go out. Get vaccinated. And yet those in political power don't wear a mask, have private parties, don't get vaccinated, do what they want to do. Like Doug said too, they break the law. They the, the conflict of interest, no big deal. You know, it's it's it, look the other way. Or you have a press secretary that laughs things off um, when they're talking about this. Right now, we're having literally thousands of container ships out the sea that we can't get on shore, and they're saying, "Oh, this is normal. It's all about COVID related." No, this is poor management, and I think in many cases intentional. Um, so now we have shortages on shelves. And Doug, you'll love this. Our listeners, if you have not seen this, look this up. 
the Washington Post, which we know is owned by Jeff Bezos, right, who hates Donald Trump and hates conservatives. But, you know, I just said that it was cool to go into space. But think about this. The Washington he does own Blue Origin, though, which is cool. <clears throat> right. The Washington Post came out and said that we need to, we as Americans need to lower our expectations. That's the quote saying, hey, stop complaining about Biden. Stop complaining about Kamala. Stop complaining about the border crisis. Stop complaining about leaving American citizens behind in Afghanistan. Stop complaining about the shortage on the shelves. You have to lower your expectations. That, that is, it flies in the face of our American exceptionalism. It flies in the face of Trump putting America first. It is, it is just the opposite. And then the fact that people will say, yeah, we need to lower our expectations. It reminds me of when Obama said that our days, our best days are behind us, that we're in a nation in decline, that we need to be a part of the world, whatever government. This is that contrast between, no, our best days are in front of us, like Reagan said and Trump said, and Jesus said for that matter, the light on the hill. We are still the nation that's unique in all of history that's raised more people, more countries out of poverty, led the way humanitarianly, politically, Freedom. There's it's still the joy of all the nations to want to come here. And of course, you know, there's always that, that that litmus test, right? Are people trying to get in or trying to get out? That should tell you what the country is. And when we have a million people that legally come every year, and now almost two million coming in illegally this year, clearly this is a nation where everybody wants to come into. You think, Doug? Yeah. Well, and <clears throat> why? Because we still, even with all of our faults and all of our problems, like we had slavery like 150 years ago, uh, it's still the best hope, the best chance of getting ahead, the best, the best, you know, everything. Uh, and yet it's being degraded by the current administration, which is a, um, uh, you know, a sham administration anyway. Uh, based on the stuff I mentioned earlier in the program, we just keep coming back to, you know, election fraud and whatnot. All you got to do is get a few key counties, get some good fraud going on, and you can take the White House. Mm -hmm. um, but this is this is going to end badly for them uh, because people that uh, are going to stand up and they're not going to take it. They're, this is this is coming down. It's all coming down right now. And we can't hide from this storm. This isn't a storm. This is an attack. It's an attack against our freedom. Mm -hmm. uh, Jay Inslee thinks, you know, he's come out and said he thinks the only one that can save Washington is him. So he's got a God <laughs> complex. Right. And, uh, you know, there's a big, uh, big hullabaloo right now. G uh, Jim Walsh, friend of the program, frequent mm -hmm. guest. Amazing and, man. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Locked out of the Capitol because he did not provide vaccine uh, status. Look, the voters elected him, not Jay Inslee. This that's a should be a, a nationwide story when you when you are elected by the people and, and generally like the the Congress they're exempted the White House staff is exempted um, because they're elected and representative of the people and so at the state level when you have the uh, the legislative staff basically that controls who gets which office and that kind of stuff under the, the direction of Inslee and the Democrat majority saying that if you are non-vaccinated or not providing your paperwork, you can't come to your office. That which we elected them to go to is ridiculous. That should be right there. No, you are not blocking Jim Walsh. You are blocking all those in the 19th legislative district that he represents, giving them access, just like they were during the last session when they made it all virtual. They blocked our access to uh, uh, representation as the people. It is wrong. And then they can mute people when they give testimony, it's a way to control the narrative, you know, the narrative, right? <laughs> and the, exactly. then the debate 
and yep. everything. It's illegal. It's illegal. And what so they did to Jim Walsh is illegal. And they can pretend like there's an emergency, but this pandemic ended. This is not even a pandemic anymore. It's an, what they call an endemic. Okay. Mm-hmm. There, yeah, people get sick, people die, but it's not at, at anywhere near pandemic levels anymore. It hasn't been for many, many, many months. And so um, we've got to stop complying. We've got to stop playing along. We've got to start using the courts, using whatever. So I did get it. I, it, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I did get involved with the WCU uh, lawsuit. Uh, now they're threatening us with, well, we can come back against you for damages. We can ruin you financially. Well, what are you hiding? Right. Why don't you want us to look in the box? They tell us we have to trust the election system. We should not have to trust the election system. We should know the election system is secure is safe represents the will of the people the legal voters why do they not want to have voter id here in washington state because they're intending to commit fraud what are they hiding Mm -hmm. and we have got to stand up and shout we have a major major election uh this coming up this tuesday and a week from tuesday we have uh, all these school board races i've never seen so much excitement over these what they used to call off your election these things are hot baby yes. there's the seattle mayor race more money than they've ever raised before for a mayor of seattle hot unfortunately it's a choice between lennon and marx and i'm not talking about john lennon no. i'm talking about or Karl marx right <laughs> i'm talking about i'm talking about talking about, talk about groucho marx groucho, there lennon. we go yeah um and you know we are Going into 2022, we have the the House will become Republican. Uh, Steve Bannon actually uh, came out and said the Republicans are not ready for the amount of seats they're going to win. They're not ready. 1994 will be nothing compared to what's going to happen in 2022. Marty, you should run for Congress. I know. Um, <laughs> we're going to flip. These things are going to flip. Yeah. And um and these these illegitimate. Uh, elections are going to end, but we've got to pray. We've got to get involved. We've got to get engaged. We've got to fight. We've got to be willing to pledge our lives, our fortunes and our sacred honor, brother. Right, brother. I read that. I read that somewhere. Yeah. Our founding (laughs) could be, that could be the declaration of independence. It certainly could be. And the bottom line is they knew they were signing their death sentence when they uh, signed it. We have to be willing to, to sacrifice something. It's going to cost us something to perpetuate freedom. We've given up too much. And that's where it comes down to our family. We had, um, praying and obeying, but it's, it's going to cost us. People are losing their jobs right now. People are losing um, their livelihood, their, their way of life. Uh, the government is coming after school board members, um, personally, civilly liable for not enforcing their mandates. It's time to push back. This is not America. And we have the opportunity, but it's going to cost us not the American way, brother, but this America is here. We're alive. We're well, and, um, things are going to, things are going to shift. They're going to shift. Um, we should be excited. We should be encouraged. This stuff had to come out Mm -hmm. brother. There's a lot of ships out in the Pacific ocean. They can't land. There's a lot of things. Joe Biden actually said he was going to try to get the national guard to do it. They're walking that back now. They don't have the National Guard unloading ships and trucking things across the country in those, you know, what are they, eight-wheel truck things they drive. Right, um, right. Uh, Not good on gas, brother. I just want you to know that. They're not good on gas. Um, and, um, you know, maybe this year, 
let's do handmade gifts. Why do we have to buy cheap Chinese crap and give to our families anyway, right? Let's buy something right. American made and uh, give our, you know, give our families that stuff or make something by hand or just let your presents be their present. <laughs> there is so much we didn't get to today, brother, but um, there's always hope, next week. Be hopeful, be encouraged, stay engaged, know that you are valuable, know that you have a calling and now is the time to fight. And right. thank you for going online and contacting us at DougAndMarty.com, DougAndMarty.com. Also want to remind you of March for Freedom, WA.com. It's a great place to go if you need to help with vax mandates, et cetera. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. God bless. See you next week. God bless.